Holly G with the Golf Insiders. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what's been happening on the PGA Tour, and uh, especially now as uh, they are two weeks into the California Swing. So, sure, it's a lot warmer out there than it is here right now on the East Coast. And to break it all down for us, Bob Herrick from SI.com. Hey, Bob. Hello there. How are you? Well, I love this time of year when we're looking at the beautiful mountains and palm desert and beautiful cliffs of San Diego, Torrey Pines, and that's two big wins over the last week, John Rahm at the American Express and Max Homa at the State Farm. Just your thoughts on uh, these guys have been super hot. Rahm moved up to number three in the world rankings, uh, but you got to say he's probably the hottest player right now. Yeah, I mean, it took kind of a poor final round for him to finish wild seventh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was like, it was, you know, his run of, of top tens here is um, is really amazing going back to last fall. I mean, I don't think he's been out of the top ten since since the FedEx playoffs, maybe. Um, you know, it's just been great golf after great golf. And, and, and really the only thing keeping him from being number one in the world is he won a couple of smaller field events which aren't getting as many points. Uh, you know, he's he's right there in, in the mix with Rory, who's who's obviously been on a great run too. So, And then Homa, you know, he shoots 66 on a day where only three players did better than 69, and I think there was only nine or ten that broke that were in the 60s. I mean, it was a tough final round last Saturday at Torrey Pines, and, and you know, he's proven to be a, a, a real gamer when, when he's in contention. So, um, you know, it's it's good. It's been kind of good for the, for the game right now to see, you know, a couple of these guys step up. Rom Homa, who had a great year last year, and and we'll see, uh, you know, we're, we're, on, we're on the cusp now of a, of, a, of a big run of designated events. We're going to see the top guys together a lot now through the Masters, and uh, it should be fun. Yeah, it should be big fun. Uh, speaking of Rory, a little dust up in the desert in Dubai last week. I uh, don't think it was a good look for either player, Bob. But Rory, once again, just, uh, you know, he's got that extra gear said it was one of the toughest rounds when he finished on monday to beat patrick reed and for anybody who uh didn't uh see or hear about what was going on with the uh tea gate when patrick flipped his live uh golf tee at rory on the driving range these guys were throwing sand in the sandbox bob but uh rory proved to you know just uh buckle down and get the win yeah, the whole thing was a little bit petty, to be honest. I mean, it's amazing that a video surfaced of this. It's probably nothing if that doesn't happen. Uh, and then, you know, look, Rory threw fuel on the fire when he talked about it. Uh, and, look, we, we appreciate him for his honesty. I'm not knocking him for that at all. I mean, he explained what happened. He explained about the subpoena on Christmas Eve, um, which came from Reed's attorney, although it wasn't directly related to Reed. You know, obviously he's been a staunch supporter of the PGA Tour and very, very much opposed to live. All that's fine. Um, but, you know, it just it goes away if he doesn't address it, really. If he just says, hey, you know, I know I was there, you know, I was distracted, whatever, just downplay it and, and, it, and they move on. You know, instead it became 
a three-day story, and then it became even bigger when Reed played well and was in contention. You know, and Reed actually took the lead during the final round for a short time. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, and, and you know, on, on his side, you know, it's amazing how, how he somehow is – when he is amid controversy, it fuels him. I'm talking about Reed. I mean, you know, I mean, he was – you know, he had, a, he had a ruling again, you know, that doesn't look great. He's in this thing with Rory, and he's right there with a chance to win. Um, really actually played some pretty darn good golf. And, 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 and you know, I guess I'm, I step back and close my eyes, and you just forget about all the, all the stuff that's been going on. It's just kind of sad to think that, you know, that, that we're not going to have that very often. You know, it can't happen. With those guys, uh, you know, I see where Abe answers leading in Saudi Arabia. You know, he's an excellent player. Um, you know, there's there's some really good players on Live still that we're just not going to get to see because of all of this. And you know, that was a great example of of, of what's still out there, uh, although it's going to be in very limited doses going forward. Speaking of Live, Phil is back. He's uh. 20 pounds slimmer, says he's back to his college weight. He's back on Twitter talking some trash and says, uh, you know, last year was an embarrassment and seems to be uh, refocused uh, for 2023. However, uh, I believe missing the cut in uh, Saudi. Yes, he did. Um, I'm not all that surprised. He, When I spoke to him, um, it's been a week or so ago now before he went over there. He, he said, he suggested to me that he wished he, he wasn't, you know, he, he wished he wasn't really starting until Mexico. He felt like he needed a little bit more time. Um, you know, he's been working hard in the off season, uh, but he wanted to go and, and, and just sort of see where he was at. And, you know, I saw where he was on the cut line and the, the, the uh, the 18th hole at that Royal Greens course is a par five, and he was in a bunker in two and knocked it out to four feet and missed it, or he would have made the cut. You know, so he's clearly not quite there yet. And now he's going to have three live events before the Masters. You know, and he talked he talked a strong game about feeling like you know, look, I've got three years left of playing in all the majors. Um, Obviously, beyond the U.S. Open, he'd play in the others, too. Uh, and uh, he feels like, you know, he still thinks he can win one. Uh, that was sort of the headline for me from, from our chat is that he felt very, very confident that, you know, he could make some history in his 50s and win another major. I would say based on where he's at right now, he still has a little ways to go. You know, you probably need to make the cut in that tournament, which, you know, is a decent field but not the strongest field. And... Um, uh, you know how how much are these how much are these live events going to prepare them? You know we we just it's it's going to be hard to know really how, how how he shapes up. But look, you know he's still Phil. He's obviously a polarizing figure right now, and and uh, you know he's kind of come out with a with a little bit of a changed attitude this year. You got this exclusive uh, interview with Phil. Well, you know what was the one of the key things you wanted to find out. Well, you know, to be honest with you, the main reason to do it was we we're sort of come full circle from when everything erupted a year ago. I mean, it was the Saudi event where he spoke to Golf Digest and accused the tour of, of having obnoxious greed. And it, it ended up being the last tournament he played 
until June. You know, a couple of weeks later, the live thing blew up. Uh, you know, his comments cost him some endorsements. He he ended up taking a leave. And so I just felt like, okay, you know, here we are uh, back a year later. And, you know, he didn't want to go down that road. He, he made it clear he didn't want to rehash all that. Um, obviously, I asked him about it, and I noted that he didn't want to talk about it. Um, but, uh, you know, look, I'm looking forward, he said. You know, and that's when he talked about the majors. And, but, you know, he still, he still had some controversial things to say. I, you know, he, he, he seems to think that the litigation is going to go in their favor. says he's at peace with never playing a tour event again or even being a Ryder Cup captain, um, which, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just rhetoric. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he came across as a guy who's all in with what he's doing and, and, and showing no regrets whatsoever. Uh, I guess uh, to be expected with Phil, given the twists and turns in, in his career. Speaking of Liv, we've uh, got a, a new tournament that's going to occur here in Central Florida at Orange County National. Your, your thoughts on the schedule that they've announced? From what I understand, the players, live players, especially the ones who are in the in the Masters, really wanted to have an event the week before, um, you know, because otherwise they were going to go a, a fairly long time without playing. As it turns out, both live there's after the Mexico, well, no, let's see, the the first two, yeah, the first two live events are opposite Florida tour events. One is Honda and the other is Valspar. And then that one is opposite the Valero Open, which is the week before the Masters. So um, they wanted to play that week, you know, and um, uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, we have a glut of golf in Florida. You know, there is an event in Orlando, a very popular one that, you know, the Arnold Palmer that does very, very well. And, you know, I realize it's not exactly in the same neighborhood, but it's close enough. Sure is. I mean, you're, you're drawing kind of from the same, uh, you know, pool of, of spectators. And it's what? It's only three, four weeks after, you know. So um, I'm going to be – it'll be curious to see how they do, you know, because, uh, you know, the tour will have just left Florida. It'll have played here for four straight weeks. Uh, and then, you know, what, two weeks later, there's a live event. So, you know, they've got some hurdles there. But, you know, look, if you take away all the outside noise, I mean, I've said all along, you and I have talked about it on here, once once the balls are in the air, it's a golf tournament. Sure. And they do a nice job of running them. You know, you were at the Miami event. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, it has, a, it had a good vibe, I thought. It did. And, and um, you know, the, it's the, different. It's, you know, going to attract a different type of fan. And for golfers who have never been to an event, they don't know any different. Sure. And, I mean, you know, it's the infrastructure is well done. You know, the staging, all that stuff is is very very well thought out. Um, You know, and so that part of it's fine. And, and look, if you want to go see Dustin Johnson or Brooks Koepka or Bryson DeChambeau, that's where you got to go see them. So, yeah. you know, from that standpoint, you know, they're smart, I think, to, to come to, to an area that's, that's a golf area that where, you know, where, where there's a lot of people that can get there. It's still, it's still tourist season, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'll be very curious to see how they do. Speaking of the Florida Swing, kicks off the end of February. 
the Honda down in uh, West Palm Beach. Uh, that sponsor, after 30 plus years, uh, Bob is done. And then news this week that Dell, uh, the WGC uh, sponsorship is done. Some impact here from these elevated events, but scheduling, your thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's funny. There was going to be some unintended consequences, I think, of, of the uh, elevated events or the designated events. And, you know, we're seeing it a little bit with this. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure um, that, that the, uh, the match play thing wouldn't have happened anyway because this seems like a bit of a self-inflicted wound. The Austin Country Club is wanting a lot more money. To, you know, to, to as a rental fee and the tour balked, and then I think the tour decided, well, heck with it, we'll walk away. We've got a sponsor that would like that date. And, you know, in a way, that's good for that's good for Honda because, or the Honda tournament, because there have been some rumblings about Houston moving into the Honda date. Uh-huh. Houston wants to get back in the spring. They, they don't, it doesn't appear that they're going to be playing this fall. You know, the guy who runs the tournament is Jim Crane. He, he owns the Houston Astros. I believe he's he might be the guy who owns the Floridian down in South Florida, or he has a big stake in it. So he's a big golf guy, and you know, he, guys like him are used to getting what they want. Right. And so he doesn't like being in the fall. He wants to be back in the spring. I mean, the tour would be silly to not be in Houston if they can help it. And so they want to try to get him back. And you know, there have been some talk that with Honda leaving, maybe they would get that date. Well, now if they take the match play date. That still leaves open the possibility that the tour could find another sponsor for the Honda Classic and get somebody else so that we still have a, you know, a four-tournament Florida swing. And then, you know, you could have a two-tournament Texas swing before the Masters. And, right. you know, to be honest with you, if it's not a world golf event and if it's not a designated event, that would actually be better because they need to spread them out a little bit. There's just too many. Uh, in this t- in this time period, starting next week, we're going to have seven out of ten weeks, you know, including yeah. the match play. It's just uh, how Jim. how are Honda, Valspar, and Valero supposed to survive being the three that aren't? Right, you know? and, and especially when you look at in in between all that, you've got the players, you've got the Masters, and the U.S. Open. Yeah, and, and, you know, this year the uh, Heritage, Harbortown, is, an, is a designated event the week after the Masters. Now, my guess is is that one will rotate and won't be there always. But, I mean, to have one the week after the Masters, too, you know, I mean, that's when everybody takes a, you know, takes a deep breath, you know. And so then you're going to have one the next week. So um, it's a uh, – um, you know, it's it, it, again, I, I like what they're doing. I think this is a really good idea. But, you know, next year, let's say they move, they, it's, they don't have one in Phoenix. Let's say they made it Pebble Beach even. Spreads it out a little bit, you know. Gives Pebble Beach a better chance to have a field. Phoenix will still always be Phoenix. They'll still always be a good tournament because of what they are. Exactly. You know, and then you can kind of, like, spread the wealth around a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Again, they had a tough deal getting this all together this year. I don't think anybody can blame them. Yeah, can you explain real quick to my listeners, for some who might not know, what these designated events mean? Yeah, well, first of all, the purses went way up. 
Um, you know, the, the, the tour decided last year that they needed to get the top players together more often. So basically anybody who's involved in the PIP, the Player Impact Program, who's getting money from that is required to play. There's 23 guys that were involved this past year. It, it'll be 20 after this year. But those 23 guys, to get the full payout, have to play in all the designated events. With the majors and the players, there's, and then there's, that's five, and then there's 12 that are set designated events. That gets you to 17. And then each player is expected to pick three other tournaments that they play. So that's 20 events, and you're allowed out of one. So you have to play 19. And all of these tournaments have gone – Century, the Tournament of Champions was one of them. That went to a $15 million purse. All the others have gone to 20, except the Players' Championship, which is 25. Right. So, like, these, these tournaments were 8 or $9 million, and now they're 20. I mean, that's a big jump. You know, Phoenix next week will be 20. Um, last year, Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer was 12. It's now going to be 20. The players is jumping up $5 million. Uh, you know, so It's a it's big a deal. Huge, it is. And, I mean, it's, it, there had to be some arm twisting and some behind backroom deals. I mean, the tours probably had to put up some money because not all these sponsors were going to go from 8 to 20. Yes. Whatever their sponsorship fee was is typically more than the purse. So, so you know, if if you're on on the hook for ten or twelve million, and now they're asking for another eight, that's probably not going to happen. So the tour, you know, had to work with everybody, and they pulled it off. You know, but the idea was to get all these guys together. I mean, Phoenix is going to have an unbelievable field. I'm I'm sure they have like eighteen, nineteen of the top twenty, um, and and guys who aren't even part of the PIP want to play these events. It's bigger money. Um, it's more world ranking points. They're gonna so, have to. Uh, they're gonna have to build more grandstands out there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's the place where it doesn't really matter. And a lot of these tournaments do well um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, like you know, Pebble's hurting this weekend, but you know, it's still Pebble Beach. Exactly. People, people still go. People will still watch. Yeah. It doesn't have the greatest leaderboard. It doesn't have the greatest field. But they're ones that can withstand it. And you know, there's been all kinds of grumbling. Oh, look at what's happening. Well, you know, we have this anyway. You know, even if there weren't designated events, there are always some tournaments that just don't do as well for whatever reason, scheduling, course, um, you know. Uh, you know, Sony's always had a hard time getting a lot of the top guys to stay after Maui. The American Express this year did way better. There's going to be a handful of tournaments that are going to have a, a, a weaker field, and that's just inevitable. That would That would have been the same either way. Well, we've got uh, Saturday and Sunday at Pebble Beach. The forecast looks really tough, Bob. Wind, uh, rain, we're not the usual uh, sunny, beautiful uh, looks over uh, Monterey there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what do, as you look at the leaderboard, what do you uh, predict here coming this weekend? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a tough one to predict because you don't have a lot of seasoned guys up there right i mean there's some there's some people that are uh you know Turk Kitayama's never won on tour and um you know you've got some other guys that this is a great this the way to look at this, you know Keith Mitchell's won um Bramlett you know great story if he were to win uh i'm not even sure how you pronounce pronounce the boat his name right. he a bunch of a bunch of cuts in a row 
Um, Seamus Power would be a great story because he's won this season. He's, he's been having a great year. Um, but I mean, Victor Hovland? Is, Victor Hovland's yeah. playing in this event, I think, for the first time. Yeah. I mean, and so he's knocking off one of his three, you know. Right. Um, he's one of, one of the three events. Um, it's going to be, you know, there's a great opportunity here. And this is this is the sort of the other thing I've been arguing, you know. There's been this sense of, oh, wow, it's going to be a – it's going to be a tale of two tours. Well, not necessarily. I mean, this the winner of this event gets 500 FedEx points, just like the winner of next week's event. Yeah, the money's different, but the points aren't. So, uh, you know, so I, I know that the, the invitationals, I think, are 550, you know, for like Bay Hill and stuff. But the point is, is that if you do well in these in these events, you have every opportunity to still qualify for the playoffs. You know, so it's not based on the money. It's based on the points. Right. So if I'm a guy who's, like, outside of the top 75 in the world and I might not get into all or all of the – actually, you know, if there's a – you know, like next week – this coming week's 136 players. In theory, just about everybody in the top 125 would get in that tournament. But let's say, you know, you're you're on the cusp and you're, and you're not. I, I would – I would load up on these lesser events and try to make sure I do well in them because the points are the same, and that's going to help you move up. And, and while, while, all this, while all the big guys are battling each other in Phoenix and Orlando and, the, and, and uh, you know, the match play, you've got a chance to, you know, to climb on the FedEx list by doing well in these other tournaments. I'd be looking at Honda and Valspar and Valero and you know tournaments like that to try to to try to um, load up on points and then get in the elevated events that I can get in. Well, we talk about you know a lot of these guys. Any one of them have a chance to uh, win every week. That's why you know the best of the best say it is not easy <laughs> to win on Sunday, Bob. If you were going to throw a dart here, um, who would you pick? Yeah, you know, listen, I, I kind of like Kiriyama. Um, I, you know, I look, it's easy to say because he's on top right now. Um, Did shoot he, 64 and, the first round. Yeah, and he played, I don't know which course he's got today. Um, he played Pebble Beach yesterday. So, um, but he has, he's had um, a several close calls, and he's lost to guys like Rory and Rom, and, you know, like he's been up there. Yeah. You know, and he's played a bunch in Europe, and, you know, he, he's got experience for a guy who's not won. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of guys up there who don't, really, or haven't won a lot lately. Scott Stallings is in the mix. He's won a few times. Ryan like Moore? I said, right, Ryan Moore. You know, like I said, Seamus Powers up there, and he's having a and, good season and, already. And somebody who, uh, you know, quietly seems to uh, be getting his game back, uh, Justin Rose. Yep, he had a hole-in-one yesterday at Spyglass, so nice. uh, I think he's just outside the top ten, so yeah, you know. Um, was he buying I all the spectators a, a, a round of drinks, Bob? You would, you would hope so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, so look, they've got, they've got um, you know, it looks like a tough weather day today. This is this will be a t- big test, and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Who's in position on Sunday? It's going to play more like uh, like an open venue, and I mm-hmm. and I love watching that because uh, it levels the field. It'll be fun to see what what happens and uh, who wins on Sunday. Bob, as always, great to spend time with you. Bob Herrick, check out all of his 
stories on SI.com. Thanks so much.